Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host Dave Homewood. Today we're talking with Ryan Daum, who is uh, a young guy in aviation. Welcome, Ryan. Cheers, Dave. How's it going? Good, good. Now, um, we've known you on the forum for a long time as Ryan D, and before that, Stingray. Um, and a lot of the forum members will know you as someone who's uh, been a pilot and now a mechanic. Um, yeah, getting there as a mechanic, I suppose. I never really fully finished it off as a pilot either, but... I'll get there one day, and yeah, just sort of getting into the mechanic side of things now, so all enjoyable. Right. Now, something that stands out with you is that you got into aviation very early. Um, yeah, you could say that. My dad sort of made the mistake of getting me involved when I was pre-10, pre I'd say, and ended up taking my first flying lesson when I was about 11 years of age, so wow. 19 now, so I've been flying for 8 years, but yeah, I enjoy every minute of it, so can't complain. What's it like as an 11-year-old going for a flying lesson? Probably one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, yeah, I can't really remember exact details, but I just remember being in absolute awe the whole way around with the biggest smile I can remember ever having. <laughs> where, where did you do it? Uh, Ardmore Aerodrome through the Auckland Aero Club um, with an instructor by the name of D. Bond Wakelin, who's actually a Catalina pilot now, as far as I know. Right. So that was in a Grumman... Uh, AA1C which was pretty interesting um, not the most common aircraft for a first flight I suppose but yeah good fun nonetheless uh, did that lead to sort of a regular flying training or um, at first it was sort of only once every two or three months just to sort of stay involved and all that sort of stuff when we could afford it but got more regular every now and again and as people started getting to know me I sort of got dragged along for flights and anything I could get my hands on which was pretty much all I could ask for at the time and loved every minute of it so yeah brilliant yeah and so you know how how did you sort of get interested in aviation before that were you a fan of aircraft or was it just that lesson that um well my dad sort of introduced me to it at a very young age because he was always interested in aviation himself um and sort of model building and all that sort of stuff as kids do with their old man and yeah just a lot of introduction and researching as much as I could, reading as much as I could, yeah, just slowly developing a passion, I suppose, which eventually developed into the money-sucking aviation habit that a lot of us have now. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, with the money-sucking, you knew from an early age you were going to be poor. Um, <laughs> unfortunately so, yeah, and I sort of went through school wishing and dreaming that I would eventually come into some money, and then finally left school and got a job and started paying for it myself and yeah I was loving every minute of it um, getting my hands on everything I could I was doing some aerobatics with the aero club I did a little bit of tail drag at time not enough to really know what I'm talking about but one of the more interesting sides of aviation that I've experienced definitely right. what were you doing the tail dragging in? Um, the main flying I've done is in a Citabria which is bugger all as I said and I've done a little bit with a friend of mine in a Piper Super Cub which is awesome to say the least yep. down at Omaka so yeah I'm hoping as soon as I can to get back into flying hopefully try and finish with PPL and a tail dragger 
just to sort of kill two birds with one stone. Um, stick and rudder flying on a tailor dragger is sort of what really appeals to me, so yeah, hopefully get back into that and knock it all on the head with a tail dragger if I can. Great. Yeah. And tell us about your um, first day going solo. Um, it was on my 16th birthday and sort of turned up there and the weather was pretty decent all day. Um, went for a fly in the morning with my instructor who was quite a close friend and basically said I'll stop and have lunch and then you can go for it. And over lunch basically the weather closed and started pouring down with rain and a massive cross crosswind turned up so instructor sort of said well I'll go for another circuit just to make sure everything's good and yeah went for another circuit everything was fine so he sort of hesitantly got out and said alright go for it yourself so started up taxied off did the run up checks and everything and then lined up and it all sort of started sinking in um, went for the power got off the ground in about a quarter of the distance that I was expecting um, <laughs> pretty scared at that point started climbing ridiculously got to the 500 foot point before I'd even reached the end of the runway <laughs> um, the thing I was flying was a Slingsby T67 which was basically Slingsby's a glider company so the wings are pretty huge on the old thing and yeah everything sort of got a bit more interesting as we went around everything was fine no problems with drums or anything just couldn't really come to terms with what was happening because I'd been waiting for it for five years by that point and came on to finals, touched down, managed to nail the crosswind landing perfectly, and yeah, I was really stoked with it, and taxied off the runway, and then realised half my family had got there while I was doing run-ups, so there was a few videos going around and a few hands clapping, which is pretty awesome to come back to, but yeah, yeah I was stoked, uh, couldn't really have asked for a better 16th birthday, I don't think, Awesome, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Probably talk for that for hours if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. And um, you also were involved in uh, various other things around Ardmore too, like the Thunder Mustang group, weren't you? Yeah, um, Simon Galt sort of took me under his wing, I'd say, with along with the rest of the guys like Rob and Chris. Um, basically went out there one day and just said, hey, look, I really want to get involved with you guys because I love your aeroplane and sort of if you'd let me look after it for you guys after you've been flying would you take me for a few flights every now and again and that was bloody awesome I mean cleaning the thing for hours and hours and going for a half hour flight and it was just the best thing ever at that age um don't think I've been anything that compares to the performance yet yeah and also of course being in that hangar a lot of the everyone all the big names at Ardmore sort of turned up and got to know a lot of people which was definitely a big hand so quite happy with how that turned out for me yeah, yeah. absolutely that's a great plane, isn't it? Amazing, quite sad to see them selling it, but hopefully it stays in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Wow, what an experience for a young kid, though. Right? Oh, yeah, I've, I've still got photos somewhere of me sitting in the back with a, well, probably one of the biggest grins compared to the first solo and all that sort of stuff, so, yeah. yeah, all amazing times. You had a bit of a stint with the ATC too, didn't you? Um, yeah, not very long, unfortunately, just because I, basically, the squadron local to me wasn't the most well-organised sort of thing, and I hadn't heard the best about it, so I went with the Yardmore Squadron, which was a half-hour drive, and went out there, had a blast of a time, met some really cool people, but in the end it just didn't really work out, just the distance and getting there every weekend. I made it every t to everyone I got to, but, yeah, just got a bit hard for the family, I suppose, so, yeah. 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 Okay. And, of course, these days you're training to be, uh, what's the actual term? Oh, 
the term is a certificate in aircraft maintenance engineering so CAME as they call us down at NMIT which is the Nelson Marlborough Institute of Technology yep. um, same guys that run all the pre-Air Force courses that the Air Force has to do as a prerequisite to joining now yep. um, yeah it's basically just a background course in aircraft maintenance they teach you a little bit a little bit about a lot and send you off into the industry with a shortened apprenticeship time basically so yeah pretty good enjoying it so far yeah what sort of uh, aircraft are you working on down there um down there we're basically working in the i think it's 40ts as you said and gtw all sort of the same area yeah um and what they've got now they've just got rid of the devons unfortunately which would have been pretty cool to work on from my point of view just because i'm interested in that sort of stuff yeah um, we do, we've got Strike Masters, Mitsubishi ME2s, and the Sea Sprites. So, okay. Yeah. Um, what What are the Mitsubishi's like to work on? Well, we actually haven't been on them yet, just because they're I think either a later thing or just a more Air Force orientated thing. From what we've heard, they're interesting just because unconventional controls. Basically, they don't have aileron systems. They've got spoilers, and then they've got full span flaps with the flaps are triple slotted Fowler flaps. So they're really high-tech stuff um yeah cool. very compact from what i've heard <laughs> and yeah different being in japanese aircraft though you don't get too many of these days i suppose no i suppose not yeah and how long does this course last for and all that sort of thing? um all up it's two years which consists of six months in um basic engineering which is basically what everyone does before they start in the air force and all that yeah. just transferred to the civvy world um Lots of filing, lots of hacksawing, lathe work, and a bit of gas welding. From there you go on to basically the main part of the course, which starts off with structures and skin work, um, wheels and tyres and undercarriage and all that sort of stuff, hydraulics, flight controls, aerodynamics is what we've covered so far. And as of Monday, coming on the 16th, we're starting in avionics, which lasts for eight weeks. Then we've got pistons and turbines. Um... I'm trying to think what else comes after that. I really haven't had a chance to look that far ahead, unfortunately. Just a bit of a rush with the holidays and work experience. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, so to see what the future holds. How long have you been there now? Um, I've actually just finished my first year. So started July 25th in 2011. So yeah, July 2012 now, so we've just come to the end of the first year. So looking back at it like that seems to have gone (laughs) faster than I can think. But yeah, good times. And you just mentioned the work experience. You've been doing something quite interesting in your holidays, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm actually pretty lucky working for uh, Warren Denham out at Avspex. So, yeah, uh, I don't think I could ask for a better place to work for myself with my interests. Um, yeah, did a fair bit of work on a Grumman widget and trailing edge on the uh, starboard wing, which is different to say the least. Yep. Completely different to anything else we've done. It's actually working on an aircraft as opposed to training aids and all that that we have a course yeah and yeah just today started doing a little bit on the spitfire nothing amazing and technical just polishing up the old exhaust stacks and all that sort of stuff so yeah i mean a lot of people might think polishing and all that's a crappy job but i enjoyed it and love every minute of it <laughs> as you know i accidentally worked an hour too long the other day so <laughs> must be liking it absolutely yeah yeah no that's um it's something that you'll look back on and just go wow yeah, I mean, even if I don't get to do any more work there, which I'm hoping I do get to, I mean, eventually these aircraft will be flying around, I'll 
be able to say I've had a hand in getting them there. So yeah, yeah hopefully I have a bit stronger involvement later on. But yeah, yeah, cool. Definitely thankful for what I've had so far. <laughs> so of all the aircraft that you've flown, which, which have been your favourite? Um, that I've done training in would probably be the Slingsby, just because it's so well balanced. It's not cable controls. It's got uh, push rods, so everything's very direct. It's got a heck of a lot of power for the size of it. Yep. Fully aerobatic. Um, throttles in the right place in your left hand, not in the centre like a Cessna and all that. I don't enjoy that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, but I have done a bit of flying in Tiger Moths, which was probably... Oh, I don't know how to put it. It was more enjoyable, a lot of focusing. There was a lot of thinking going on, but a heck of a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. Um, not very well balanced, if that's the right way to put it, chasing the run around the sky quite a lot. I don't know if that's just because I was nervous as hell or what was going on at the time, but yeah, definitely very enjoyable. Different experience altogether with the old mag switches up on the <laughs> port side out on the fuse and open cockpit sort of goggles and leather helmet flying. It's bloody awesome. Can't beat it, I don't think. So, yep. yeah, definitely looking forward to doing more of it as soon as possible. And such history attached to the Tiger Moth as well. Exactly, yeah. I think you can beat it, really, in terms of Kiwi involvement and, yep. and the flying and restoration side of things. Well, with the history side of things, I know you're quite interested in that. What's your sort of favourite area of aviation history? Um, it's hard to put a spot on, really. It's World War Two sort of kicked it off for me and researching about all that sort of stuff. Um I suppose a lot of the side to do with that is the mystery of finding the wrecks and how it's all put together and where, how things have got to where they are now. But recently a lot of interest in the World War One side of things with Peter Jackson's collection and lending a hand out at Omarker and that sort of stuff. It's definitely a new side for me. Um, but basically as long as it's got wings and an engine, I'm happy. So <laughs> not going to be picky. Um, we're so lucky in New Zealand to have uh, Peter Jackson and... Um, Gene DeMarco and people, yeah. people uh, Graham Orphan as well, putting together these um, amazing collections of aircraft and yeah, um, yeah re-educating us all on, on World War Exactly, I, I suppose that's what it takes really. I mean, the people with the motivation and knowledge to get it done, hopefully I'll eventually turn into one of those guys, but for now I'm more than happy to help them get along with it. Yeah. I don't think we could ask for a better bunch of people getting stuff done. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, we're very lucky on the New Zealand aviation scene. Indeed. And it's great that uh, you as an 11-year-old can turn up at Ardmore and start getting into it. And Exactly, you know, yeah. yeah. I think I received a few sort of sideways looks from a few people when I first turned up there, but yeah, I think I proved myself early on, so yeah, let's hope anyway. <laughs> it's, it shows determination and, uh, uh, you know, real drive to get into aviation I think yeah uh, I sort of don't know where it all came from at that age I suppose it was just a, something I really wanted to do so looking back I can't believe I had the motivation but <laughs> I'm definitely glad I did yeah yeah so what would you say to other young people who might be listening to this that um, you know might, might want to get into aviation and think oh no I'm too young if you want to do it do it um basically just go out and find the local airfield or whatever, find some people that are willing to talk and all that sort of stuff. There's no shortage of people that want to talk and, as you know, just anything about aviation, people will talk, so get out there, give it your best shot, volunteer for everything. I mean, there might be a couple of times where you feel like what you're doing is a bit 
yeah, not the best thing to be doing at the time, but it definitely pays off when people start showing you a bit of respect and taking you up and throwing you in the back for a few flights and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah just getting involved is the best thing you can do, really. Absolutely. I've heard stories of so many people who today are really top warbird pilots and air, uh, air show display pilots, that sort of thing, who started out as kids that would go along on their bicycle to the yeah. airfield and they eventually would be given a rag and told to polish something and all that. And I think you're well on the way towards uh, the same thing. Well, I can certainly hope so. <laughs> Don't want to say anything too soon, but yeah, it's definitely where I would like to end up. I mean, I've got huge amounts of respect for all the warbird pilots that are out there at the moment, so... Yeah. Yeah, don't know their personal stories, but hopefully it's something similar to mine. Um, so you've got a, your own project too that you're working on? Yeah, it's a BD-5B, which is basically, um, everybody knows it from the James Bond octopus movie. Um, yeah, single seat, sort of very lightweight aircraft. Um, long wing version, which is what I've got, is normally a piston engine, which is sort of a bit slower and less fun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quite a terrible safety record to say the least, but I'm pretty sure, well, I'll put it down to basically people rushing them into production, having the wrong engines and not thinking things through, and these days there's a lot more information about them available, so we'll see how that goes. Yep. Um, currently, unfortunately, it's for sale just because I need some cash behind me just to get through tech and all that sort of stuff, but if I've still got it at the end of tech, hopefully it'll be all go. Um always had an interest in the BD-5 and then one came up for sale when I could afford it so bought it and just sort of started sifting through what the last people had done there's a few receipts from Pacific Aerospace and Hamilton so at least I know some of the work's been done properly (laughs) (laughs) Um, and as it is with a project aircraft I bought it 90% complete and there's about 90% to go so we'll see where that ends up so what sort of stage is it at at the moment? Well, basically, the fuselage is assembled to the point where engine selection has to be made, so it's sort of a bit of a hold-up, whereas uh, as any BD-5 owner wants to go, they want to go for a jet. I mean, that's just a case at the moment of planning ahead and sort of saving and figuring out what's going to happen. But basically, the flight controls are all assembled, ailerons and flaps are all assembled, the elevator, and, well, the elevator is the, uh, it's an all-flying tailplane, that's all assembled, the hinge is assembled, the rudder and vertical stabilizer are all assembled. Um, the, I believe there's a problem in the wing spar, which I'm not too sure about. I think it's been bent at the wrong angle, so I'm going to have to look into all that and check against the plans, but luckily it came with a spare, so that also does lead me further to believe there's a problem with the original, but we'll sort that out eventually. And there's a modification called the Droop and Snoop Aerofoil. Um, the original airfoil has quite a tendency to stall out at quite high speeds and lead into quite a mushy, nasty stall. So, yeah, uh, there's been a few modifications. There's some that leave the original wing profile with a foam core added over the top to give it a nicer shape and less separation. Or people just bite the bullet and give a whole new airfoil design, which is what I plan on doing. Yeah, um, yeah it just gives the aircraft a nicer flight envelope, basically. So, okay. yeah, so many plans for it. I mean, you could talk, again, something you could talk for hours about as any aircraft owner could, even <laughs> though it's not probably technically an aircraft just yet. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just sitting there at the moment getting chipped away at when I can. Uh, you mentioned the, the jet power version. I was just wondering, uh, how many of them are actually flying in the world? 
Um, well, it's sort of hard to call. I think Wikipedia states only three of them, but I think there's a lot more of them around. Don't know how many are flying currently, but there's the Red Bull definitely own one. Um, there's a guy that owns the smallest and lightest one, which has a different jet in it. That holds a Guinness World Record, and I actually can't name the rest of them. Oh, there is a company in the States which flies... Um, cruise missile simulations for the US Air Force okay. and I think they've got two oh, right. so that brings it up to four but yeah I mean as in the aviation world everything's constantly changing so you never know what's airworthy and yeah. what's becoming airworthy and yeah and in the film Octopussy uh, James Bond has his one in a fake horse float yes but the folding wings is fake isn't that's it? a bit of a myth yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. I think it was sort of a movie prop I think they had about four or five aircraft to play with in that so like unassembled aircraft that they could modify to do whatever they wanted with so right, right. yes unfortunately I think folding the wings on mine would involve a bit of tube bending right. <laughs> which we don't want to do so we'll leave it there <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, he also did the famous stunt where he flew it through the hangar and out the other side yeah which if you actually slow the videotape down like I used to when I was a kid you can see the pole yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes so yeah don't go trying that at home exactly and there's another thing in that movie where he's got a centre stick but in the BD5 it's actually off on the um, right hand side of, side of the cabin oh, it's right. a side stick controller okay um, quite an awkward configuration really of sitting on it making plane noises <laughs> you've got the <laughs> throttle on the left hand side the stick on the right hand side which is sort of pivoted quite awkwardly neutral sort of 45 degrees to the left and then in the center you've got the flap and undercarriage lever yeah uh the flap is pretty basic it's sort of it's a sprung sprung into the detents and you just pull it off to the side and pull it to whatever notch you want apparently the flaps are quite ineffective but i wouldn't know and the undercarriage is quite a simple sort of over center uh mechanical retract system so basically as soon as you disengage the movement and pull it the airflow sort of does the rest for you oh yes yeah um, if you look on YouTube, you can actually see a guy flying a jet version, and he's cycling the undercarriage really fast, and it's just pretty impressive to watch, thinking that it can just keep up that fast, really, but right. yeah, I suppose it's all down to the manpower behind it with the mechanical system, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be quite a cool thing to see flying, wouldn't it, or for you to fly? Oh, I would love to, but at the same time, it's bloody scary thinking about it with the record it's got and everything, so... Yeah. I suppose if it comes to the day, I'll just have to bite the bullet, but <laughs> we will see. Yeah. Have you got any other sort of um, aircraft that you'd like to build or like to own or like to fly? Uh, any of them, <laughs> to say the least. Um, quite a few. I mean, there's always aircraft that stand out to people. Um, I remember one aircraft I've spent a little bit of time around was the Ryan, the Motat own. Oh, and yes. I remember actually my first Tiger Moth flight. I was sitting there while he was getting ready to start the thing and um, I heard over the radio and I wasn't quite sure if I was hearing things but it made a call from the Ryan saying he was going to land in the polo field and that was when the original engine decided to call it quits. Right. And the pilot didn't quite believe me in the Tiger Moth that something had happened so he figured we'd just go for a fly over the polo fields and sure enough we got there and the Ryan was sitting in the middle of the polo field he goes, oh bloody hell, you were right. Wow. But yeah, I'd actually love to own one of the Ryan STM, I think it's a 22, I'm not sure, uh, the inline piston engine, not the radial. Either way though, I'm not going to be fussy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, anything that crossed my path, if I had the money, I'd take it, so yeah. yeah. 
They are a sweet little aircraft, aren't they? They are a pretty awesome little open cockpit. Yeah. 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 Aerobatic as well, I believe, so can't complain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Have you ever had any sort of scares in the air when you've been flying? Um, not really. Not that I can recall, so <laughs> let's hope that's how it stays. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a few friends that have had some interesting stories, but leave those to them to be told. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for having this uh, little chat. And Thank you for inviting me. I sort of didn't know what to expect, sort of no. feeling quite nervous, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's sweet. It, um, I just thought it'd be good to have someone on the show that, you know, got into aviation as a, as a young fellow and, and is still a young fellow. Yeah. And, you know, um, might inspire someone else to get into it. Oh, so. I hope so. Yeah. Can't say anything else. Yeah. Get into it if you're if you're keen. Get into it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> I wish I had when I was young. I, oh. I, I liked aeroplanes, but I never ever went near the airport. So yeah, I, I suppose there's things we all regret not doing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Ryan. No it's worries. been good to chat with you. Yeah, good to see you again, Dave. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sweet. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.